Beware of hitchhiking hosts. <laughs>
<laughs> of course you do. So I could start memorizing it. Oh my god, you're gonna be that guy that memorizes the script like Haunted I've, Mansion. I've yeah. memorized Haunted Mansion, Toy uh, Tower. I mean, those are the only really notable uh, ones. Um, you're, you're officially yes. that guy. <laughs> um, all of the uh, all of the actors come back to play these characters as well, and. Uh, for anyone who is Star Wars fishing audio, James Arnold Taylor, who does the voice of Obi Wan in the Clone Wars, plays Lieutenant Ben. Um, so from there, you exit out uh, into the kind of like, I guess, launch. It's pad. Out outdoor area. Yeah, like outdoor landing area where Poe's X-wing is off to the right, and then the Resistance transport you're loading into is on to the left. Um, so you is load that, uh, here. Is it the same in uh, Disneyland? Yep, it's the okay. same. It's identical. Yeah, so from there, you load into the transport, which is a cleverly disguised motion base on a turntable. And yeah. That was the, probably that's the, a, one of the coolest things. I That was awesome. So, that yeah, that's a very interesting... Are we are we just gonna go through like the whole ride and then go back and talk about it every yeah. part or like okay. um that was that was my intent if there's something okay you want cool to okay. no 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 yeah, if you want to go back then yeah, yeah we'll no back. we'll we'll go back after okay so um there you get onto the resistance transport uh and once you load in uh, the story is you're flying up you're supposed to be escaping Batu because the first order um is showing up and there are of the resistance base in Batu is about to be compromised, so you're going to Pakara or another resistance bases. Uh, you then get attacked by said uh, Star Destroyer and a bunch of TIE fighters. They pull you in on the tractor beam and uh, they load your ship and pull everyone out. And in a very neat twist, you exit the ship in the same door that you enter the ship, but instead of being outside in Batu, you are inside the hangar of a Star Destroyer due to the turntable. Um, from there, you get what I think arguably has to be the coolest like waiting room of any attraction. I think it's the coolest part of the ride. I won't lie. It is awesome. Which is a giant, uh, like, fully two-scale, like, for Star Destroyer hangar with, mm -hmm. like, an entire legion of stormtroopers just sitting in front of you. Yeah, that's, it's one of the wild moments, definitely. If not the wow moment. It's definitely where a lot of tears are shed by Star Wars fans. It's also just, and for reference, I haven't been on the ride yet, but I have watched like more ride-throughs than I know what to do with. And like even on camera, like scale is just insane. I can't imagine how that's like in real life. It's pretty bonkers. Yeah, it's, it's huge. From there, you get to uh, the interrogation or well, you get in the hallway leading to the interrogation area, which uh, you get lined up some cast members as very edgy First Order officers <laughs> uh, come up and line you guys up to be interrogated. You then get stuck into an interrogation cell uh, where there's a projection of Kylo Ren and Hux that comes in. Then they leave, and the resistance busts you out by cutting a hole in the wall through a very neat, like, sliding door effect thing that they do. So then from there is where you load into the trackless ride vehicles, which are supposed to be transports that are reprogrammed to get you through the attraction. 
so you load onto those, you go through a hallway. Uh, and from this point on, there are two separate paths within the ride. So you take a similar route, but you are in a group of two ride vehicles in which you go slightly different ways. Also, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this layout stuff, because I'm kind of... Doing yeah, it's it's, it's basically... You're basically getting the same ride, except you split off at certain points, but there's no story that's left out from either side. It just mm-hmm. it just matters, the like, the cat and mouse. Who's the cat? Who's the mouse? Yeah, you get the same experience, but from slightly different angles. Essentially. So, so once you exit out of the loading area, you kind of circle around some other uh, transports that are traveling by. Uh, then you go down a hallway where you have a close encounter with a probe droid. You then head to what is supposed to be the turbo lifts that you're getting into, and a bunch of stormtroopers spot you and start shooting at you. So you back out down around the corner and head into the room with the adats, which is beautiful. Which just reminds me of when the construction first started, and so they had to, for reference, build the building around the adats because of how big they are. So during construction, those were visible when they were making the foundation of the building. Yeah, there, there's only two in there, but there's a big, big slab of glass in the back to make it look bigger. So if you yeah. like actually pay attention to the bottom, you can actually see yourself in the reflection. And then from there, you split off one of two ways, either heading to the left towards the front of one of the ATATs or to the right towards the side of one. Uh, and then you go up an elevator while you get shot at. Uh, then from there, you head down another hallway towards the bridge, and which you'll come up on to the left or the right side of the bridge. And then above you is an uh, animatronic of Kylo and an animatronic of General Hux. And then there's like a screen behind where the viewport should be, and a bunch of resistant ships show up, and you escape from there. You head towards an elevator. You see Kylo kind of chasing after you. And then in the elevator, there's an effect where Kylo and lightsaber comes through the elevator uh, roof before you escape uh then you get into the fun playing dodge the giant cannons <laughs> it's really is... fun when they don't work yeah i can imagine that kind of loses it's a <laughs> <laughs> cool factor of it but um so basically you enter a room with how many is it four or five i thought it was three okay it it's might be three, three and I, I might have just been way out okay three i was way wrong on that um so it's basically like three like giant cannons that slide back and forth and you basically dodge and weave through those uh and then you get towards the end um you round the corner you're supposed to be making your way for the escape pods but then kylo is behind you and like force grips your uh vehicle and spins it around and then uh from there he's trying to you know not let you escape doesn't the hole get created because like a tie fighter flies into the well somebody shoots him the back and opens a hole in the hull yeah but i don't exactly know who or what i think it's just a resistance uh fighter i'm i mean it's it could be anything i don't think it doesn't really make a difference yeah long story short a hole opens behind um kylo and then you know because space, everything starts flying around. So because of that, Kylo is, you know, distracted, you escape into the escape pod bay, which then you get to the fun ride vehicle on a ride vehicle on a ride vehicle, where 
you load into a motion base that is then itself on top of a drop tower as the escape pod. <laughs> so when the escape pod drops from the ship, your ride vehicle physically drops to the bottom of the building, and then it's on motion base like Star Tours when you're flying back. And then from there, you exit out to uh, an outside section outside the ride uh, show building in Galaxy's Edge. And there's an animatronic of back in another escape pod. And then you unload. And that is the end of your fun, what do they coin it as? Your 18-minute adventure or whatever? So I timed it. It took me 25 minutes from start to finish. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yours took longer. I thought they said it was like, weren't they advertising like 18? They, they advertise 18, but they don't take into account the fact you're waiting inside the Star Destroyer. Yeah, that is true. And that's like, I feel like that's part of the experience. Yeah. Because being interrogated by the cat, uh, the First Order uh, members, and then like just waiting, waiting in line to be interrogated, it's just like it, it all adds up more than they think. And then if you're that person that stands in the stormtrooper room for like three ride cycles, I thought that they like heavily encourage you to leave. No, they heavily encourage you, but they can't force you. <laughs> they can't touch you. <laughs> Eric, I feel like you've caused many a trouble for cast members because <laughs> oh, no, I bet they know who I am at this point. They're like, oh god, it's that kid again. He's back. Why is he here every week? Go away. <laughs> How much money does this man have? Why is he in Disney all this time? <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of post going through the just overall ride experience, I figure we'll just kind of go through any fun aspects you guys want to talk about. I mean, I think you should go start to finish again because this is there's a lot to unpack here i mean start i would start with the boarding process because that that is the beginning oh right the boarding groups yeah the bane of pass holders because the ride is very temperamental and new and to avoid a nine hour long hagrid's line situation Disney has opted to, instead of letting you line up, do a virtual queue system for the ride. Except, instead of a virtual queue, it is a reserving a boarding pass. Which has gone through a couple iterations. Yeah. All of which being less than ideal. It's a very controversial topic, I would mm -hmm. say. So, when, when the ride opened, there was a fun thing where um, you had to reserve a boarding pass from the My Disney Experience app. And the boarding pass would not let you reserve it until you, you scanned your ticket and were physically in the park. And it was mm -hmm. did not matter what time the park opened. They could open the gates three hours before the park opened, and whoever was standing there three hours before got the first boarding group. Really? The initial wave caused issues with that because people started lining up so yep. early where they were opening the gates at like... 5 a.m. Yeah, so that first day, I, they opened. I was the, I was like the tenth person in line. They opened the gates at like 5:20 a.m., but nobody knew what a boarding group was or how to get one. That was also part of our problem. So, like, I was in the park for like five minutes, and I still got like boarding group 18 because no one knew what was going on. Yeah. Hmm. So they, they basically had it where in the system, once you entered the park, no matter how early it was, which to be fair, people then got you know, justifiably kind of cranky about that because a bunch of people who camped basically the entire night would get there before park open. And then if you showed up at park open, they would all be gone. So post you would not that, be able to get the, uh, get on the ride. It, it, it is unfair. Yeah. 
So post that, they changed it to they would let you in early, but the boarding passes would not go live until park opening, which then created a slightly different issue where no matter how early you got, it was a lottery system because once, what was it, 8? 8 a.m., 7 a.m.? So it, 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 some, it went from 7 to 8 to 9. I've experienced all three times. And okay. it, it literally does not matter. It is a lottery. Whoever yeah, has the best it's thing, a lottery. It, you, can, it's, you can be like the first person in that line, like virtual line, to get a boarding group, but you could still not get a, like a really terrible number. Yeah. So basically, what it is is the problem is then everyone still gets there at 5 in the morning and they all load in the park. But then the park is sitting there full of people who exactly at 8 a.m click refresh on their phone and mm -hmm. try and get yeah the, the big biggest problem at studios the only thing that was open was starbucks nothing <laughs> else was open yeah. so you would have a three-hour line for starbucks mm -hmm. and have a line for nothing else then around 7 30 the pretzel stand would open and then around 7 55 the line for tower would form because people <laughs> got in line for tower of terror I love that people will just create lines like hours before the rides actually open. Yeah, it, it, it was it was not fun, to say the least. So and then now the system is um, also because of COVID, they very justifiably don't want people lining up outside the gates at five in the morning in giant crowds. So they're releasing them. Uh, initially, they were released at three increments in the day. Now it went down to two increments in the day because they had issues. So at opening and then... Because what is it now? It's like nine it's and two. Opening? Uh, I, th I thought it was and ten and one. Or ten we and had, one. We had this discussion last time, and I know we did. We did. <laughs> and I don't um, remember the times either. Uh, but it's two increments. There's one around opening and one kind of around like early afternoon. Whatever the halfway point in the day, in the park day is, I think, is the other time. So from there, uh, you get a boarding group. Basically, you get a number, and then in phases, they will call certain numbers up. This system then allows them to, if there's a downtime, say between your boarding group, 20, and they call 1 through 10. If the ride breaks down incrementally after 1 through 10, instead of sitting in line behind them, they just call you in whenever it's up and working again. So, I, I have mixed feelings about it because, like, I, I see the virtual queue and boarding group system as being beneficial to ride operations. I just don't necessarily agree with the way they're distributing them. So that very mm -hmm. first day was very nice because the line was out into the parking lot to get into the park. And it just, it made it a very seamless experience, at least for me, that entire day, because I was there from open to close. And it, it prevented the huge crowds in front of Rise. It prevented the huge bottlenecks I heard that happened with Galaxy's Edge first opened. But I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel it's at the point now where it's kind of ridiculous. Like, why yeah. have it anymore? Well, and, well, now it's have it because they don't want to let right. people well, that, queue, but... COVID aside. If, yes. if COVID wasn't happening. Granted, I think at this point they would be at lines and fast passes at this point for Rise. Yeah, which um, the, con the concern initially was, and I, I think this is kind of the, the boarding group system would have worked better if people would stop showing up early. Because the only reason they run out was because everyone convinced themselves that they need to get there at five in the morning, and then they did that. Well, because no one wants to miss the ride. That, that's also part of it. It's kind of like a 
like self-induced scarcity thing where like if everyone rolled into the park like they normally would at random points like there wouldn't be an issue yeah it's like it's got it's now at the point where it's for early bird gets the worm. That's that's well, what the, the capacity of the ride can't accommodate all of the daily visitors. That's the problem. Like they they have at least at least at studios they have they have two rides. They have two exact same show buildings. I don't know if it's the same in Disneyland or not. It's the same, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like it, it they effectively doubled it because they knew it was going to be popular. And they have the problem is though it's only sixteen people per cycle. Wait, are there more... act... are there two like entirely separate ride buildings? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's well that's why there's 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 four doors that you can go through for interrogation, two on the left, two on the right. Do they meet up at some point? The exit. Okay, is that why there's four doors then for the uh for the escape pods? That I think that has well, each side has four possible ride vehicles you could be in two for one door two for another door because there's a closer oh, okay. set of doors and a farther set of doors yeah and the left and right both have two so interesting i didn't realize there were two entirely duplicated ride systems yeah it's kind of kind of odd like why would you ha- build two of the same ride and not or and not just increase capacity well with one bigger make a bigger car yeah, but a bigger car leads to other issues. I yeah, think. like, I guess there, it'd be more restrictive motion. Because they purchased these cars. Like, That's true. Yeah. And at that point, you would need a different motion platform to put, or not motion platform, but a different, like, you know, movement platform to put said car on. Um, One thing I did want to comment on, I don't know if this is just a trackless thing that I haven't read enough trackless rides to note, but from watching ride-through videos, like, those rides or ride vehicles are pretty abrasive on the floor. Yeah, so after the very first time I went on it, I noticed like the track tires, they're v- it's very obvious where you're going because those track tires have just dug into the ground. You know why though? Is That's, that from testing? It's from testing, yeah. yeah. They tested that ride for a year before it opened. Because yeah, that's what I was. That's what I figured. Because I'm like, there's no way in per, in like normal like operating conditions they would expect that much wear. I mean, eventually it, it would, but not for that. not for a solid, you know, First at day. least two or three years. Like yeah. if you look at any dark ride, they have the same issues, trackless or not. Like like, but, the, like yeah, I was just gonna say like the ride has like two or three years worth of wear on it already. Just because of all the issues they were having in testing, because they put the wrong floor in, then they put the right floor in backwards. And they put... <laughs> there were we'll we'll get into issues in a little bit. I have I have some insights on that. Yeah, cool. so I mean, going to that abrasive thing, I I, I don't want to jump around, but like that's kind of a big problem. Like just wear and tear on the ride in general. That's gonna the ride is going to have in in like the set pieces. Yeah. Because once, think, like once the set pieces lose their immersion, the ride is thrown out the window. It's not a good ride anymore. There is, but I don't think the set pieces will so, wear okay, down there, any more than like set pieces in a regular dark. There's ride. there's one part when you're waiting to be interrogated after you go out of the stormtrooper, and you're next to like you know you know this uh, this uh, empire style where it's like the very the white 
uh, light beams on oh, the ground. Oh, you meant like in if, the hallway and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like stuff you are like can see right next to. You. Once that like paint starts stuff, chipping, the and stuff like, that the small children can touch. Exactly. <laughs> that was a point someone who was on when I went that first day. Once that is like not pristine and up to the point, the immersion factor is taken away. They are, but that's that's not necessarily a new issue with this ride. That's the same issue as any other queue. Like that's that's a thing Disney was equipped to handle. Yeah, it's just like you if know. they they have to keep up with that to keep the immersion. Yeah, no. Sorry, where were we even? I don't even know. <laughs> um, uh, we were still in the queue. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were discussing. We're, we're, oh yeah, we were talking about boarding passes still. <laughs> Oh, uh, we discussed capacity, and then we were talking yes. about bigger ride vehicles, and because of ride vehicles, they brought that up. All right, okay, all right. let's, let's get back to the... <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> so, okay, so so from, from boarding groups, we get to the queue. Which is boring. No, the, I think the queue is very cool. It's kind of boring. You're not me- it, I don't think it's a queue you're meant to be in for long. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's some... If you're a really big Star Wars fan, oh, yeah, there's, no, some, like, there's some really cool, like, oh. you know, like a rebel flight suit and all that. Stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, it I think in. it's interesting. It's interesting for the same reason that, like, the luggage room in Star Tours is interesting. Yeah. Like, there's there's yeah. just a lot of stuff to look at. In there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think rocks are a lot to look at. I'm, ta- well, yeah, I'm talking about, like, the first part, not the armory. Mm. Where it's oh. just waterfalls. And rocks. Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, you're not. That's a, that, to... that is the majority of the queue. Although one thing, okay. Speaking of rocks, one thing that I really, really appreciate about the Rise of Resistance queue is they built in benches into yes. the rocks in the queue. Did they? Yes. Blessing. It's such a blessing. You can you can sit while you're waiting pretty much throughout the entire queue, oh, and wow. it's amazing. I... Yeah, that's something that doesn't come across in videos. So that's that's actually kind of cool. Also, they have air conditioning that they hid very well into the rocks. Yep. So that that's another plus. Future of theme parks here. What will they think of next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find Dude, out. I, I'm telling you, every single queue should have benches like that. Yeah. That should be, be fun, a I think thing. Because there's only so many ways you can try to sit on top of a like. Oh, of okay. of, a, of a metal pole, like before <laughs> before someone yells at you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like you usually can't st- like because everyone try like you get stuck in a line. You try and sit on the switch back. You try and sit on the ground. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> then they yell at you because they don't want liability. Yeah, and like the Hagrid cues when it would break down all the time, I would just sit on the ground because it got to the because p- there's nothing to sit on. Yeah, I mean they can't yell at you for sitting on the ground. That's that's. I one. mean. I mean, they can now. They they can, but... <laughs> they can know. now. But, yeah, so leading from there, you kind of get towards the armory parts. That, that, I, that is a really cool part of the queue. I mean, I just like... But that, that kind of just leads to, like, a thing I like about Galaxy's Edge in general, is there's so many just random neat props kind of littered around. Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends works for Scenario, and he did a lot of the, like, panels. Ooh. Uh, that are in that queue, and just around the land in general. And so, awesome. that's neat. Kind of a fun thing to point out. And just random buttons. It's fun. And then from there, you get into, like you said, the the pre-show area. 
and th that is pretty cool. Like they have the uh, they they have two pre-show rooms, but the, and they're exactly the same. But like the the room that you're like kind of waiting in, it's like it's got these really cool like blue like holography looking things, and it, it I don't know feels kind of feels kind of like resistancey. Yeah, I mean it feels like a bunch of equipment stuck into a cave. <laughs> which which is I guess what the resistance is in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um well post this point because their entire base and fleet is destroyed. <laughs> so that one uh has the uh you've got the neat BB eight animatronic and mm -hmm. the Ray. it looks really good. And the, the BB eight does look really good. Well it's, it's really good. It's because they can hide all of the puppetry behind it. Yep. Yeah. It it, it the angle, that force perspective, that's what the, that's the golden formula right there. Okay. okay, am I the only one that sees a very stark similarity between the BB-8 and the um, rocket in Mission Breakout? I I can't comment because I've never actually seen the rocket. I see it. Yeah, well, because they're both like kind of up on a platform, and then they like kind of slide out, like it's. It's just kind of the the like spacing and way it is. I was gonna say he's a lot like Olaf in Frozen Ever After. That too, yeah. I like what they're doing. What because I like they added what they did with Olaf, where it's it's an animatronic, but the animatronic is kind of stuck on like a linear rail, so it can move around. Yeah. Because that's the cool thing with that Olaf is it's not standing; it like follows the boat. Yeah, it, that uh, Olaf is cool. We love Olaf. Olaf is cool. Um, and then there's the Ray hologram. Coming, the Ray. Incoming transmission from Ray. Which is the Pepper's ghost. So, no, but it's not Pepper's ghost. It's I mean, it's kind of. No, it's an OLED screen behind a one-way mirror. Oh, is it really? It's, it's yeah. not Pepper's at all. See, this is where we... I thought oh, that, too. Well. And I was wrong. It's a, I, yeah. It's an OLED screen in a piece of glass. It's a, it's a one-way mirror with basically a TV behind it. Well, oh. it, it, there's been... um. People have made mirrors and put OLED TVs behind it, so it's not necessarily a one-way piece of glass. Well, yeah, well, no, but it's the mirror is a it's a one-way mirror. Okay, is what it is because basically it lets light in from the back, but it doesn't let you see like through. Like it's right, yeah, it reflects, yeah. because it's the same thing. If you've seen um, just recently, a couple companies have come out with this that are like those like fitness mirrors where yes, it's got like yes, a screen yes, yes, yes. on it. It's basically it's kind of the, what I was talking about. It's the exact same tech as that, where it uses a screen that shines light through it, but then because it's OLED, it doesn't shine everything else. Um, but they do it at a weird angle where it's like at a 45 filmed, like off axis. And because of that, you don't see yourself in the reflection. You just see part of the wall in like the back uh, corner of the room. I totally didn't throw my backpack in the air to make sure it's a mirror. <laughs> Did it work? Oh yes, it did. Oh, why you gotta ruin the immersion, Eric? <laughs> hey, listen, I did it, but when no one was looking, I didn't want—I uh, didn't ruin it for anyone. I promise. See, yeah, because I remember I was watching a thing on it where they were like, "Yeah, people started to figure out they're like from that," and then people noticed that like the dent in the wall was the same dent in the wall. Yeah, the, the dent in the wall, part. and then there's the uh, the light box. Yeah, I think is what it is. I'm just surprised at even on camera how well it comes over. Like you can't see the glass on camera. So like, mm -hmm. it looks really good. That first time, it looks so good. Oh, I, like I remember I watched the first ride through, and I just saw that, and I was like, "How? What? What do you?" The only thing is, I don't think she looks that good. 
it's a low poly image. You can see the pixels in it, but yeah, it's it's not a very good hologram. But to be but fair, then the Star Wars holograms been, are not very good. Yeah, that might have been intentionally low. Yeah, yeah. It, it it might be just a, a dumb nitpick, expecting like 4K resolution. Yes, I, you gotta get your 4K holograms going. <laughs> I just I also want to point out, Ray literally talks for like two straight minutes. And mm-hmm. it, like, she accomplishes nothing other than saying, hey, thanks for joining the Resistance, now let's get you to the secret base. <laughs> now she gives you some mon- monologue for the other people, and then you get Poe's uh, introduction. And back in 9 Also, I have a theory, Poe is secretly a uh, droid because he says the word Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he says, Roger, this is Black Leader. I hear you're a fine-looking Every, you know, that's a call sign. No, 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 but it's like, Star Wars only droids say Roger. No, no, no. Yeah, no, so. But, but he's only a droid if he says it twice, okay? Yeah, no it's droid Roger, Roger. Roger. It's not just Roger. <laughs> Ro- you, gotta, you gotta have a Roger, Roger in it. Um, yeah, and then from there, you exit out, and you get to by the... Um, does Poe's X-Wing have an animatronic in There's it? a BB-8 in it. There's a be like is there like a mannequin or something in the cockpit or is it I, I, honestly I don't remember there might be okay because like I know you hear it starting up so I didn't know if they like put a thing to look like Poe is in there because the glass kind of tinted on I think there I actually think there is now I think about it more okay because I know there's the BB-8 on top that like swivels around to make noise the BB-8's cool this is actually where I start having problems with this ride that X-wing was blown up in Last Jedi why is it here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is my first problem with this is my only problem with the ride actually. Is this right here? You know, Ooh. actually, I didn't think about that. That doesn't make any sense it, makes, they, it is the coolest X-wing ever made, but it was blown up, so it should not be here. Yeah, cuz he has a different X He has a different X-wing in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I Yeah, cuz we talked about last time how they made a comic to retroact the the issue of having six seats in the Millennium and then taking out Two, but they never explain why he has a blown up X-wing. I mean, well, actually, okay. Is is the booster on the back of it? The who's you can't see the back. Can you not? Okay, because if the booster thing isn't on the back of it, you can argue this is getting into like really Star Wars canon. But I, you can argue that he had another one like this, and then it was painted orange color before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but what happened to this one then? <laughs> Well, no, you could say it's the same one that just got repainted. Oh, all right. I mean, th- yeah, this is the one issue I have with the ride. I mean, is it is fair. the coolest X ever made. Like, I don't doubt, I don't deny that. Oh, yeah, so I love the black and orange X-Wing. It's great. <laughs> but it's, it, it doesn't belong here. Yeah, that's fair. To, to be honest, actually, there might be a thing for explaining that, because there's still comics going on. Um, uh, but yeah, and then you get into the resistant transport, which is kind of a mix of i'd say like a u-wing and like a blockade runner in design if that means anything to people listening it means something to me if it means anything to you cole <laughs> <laughs> means something to me for all the nerds <laughs> who understand this um yeah so you get into this uh which is basically just kind of like a big open like standing area that you sit in um and then from there the door closes and it's a so is it does it move or does it just shake? No, it moves. It moves. So okay. what it is is 
it's basically this in it's like a turntable with a bunch of like arms on it and each arm has a transport on it and it moves in a circle and up so you're moving um you're moving like counterclockwise and and moving up yeah like at the same time yeah from what i've heard it's equal amount of disorientation to like standing on a bus Yeah, yeah pretty much but yeah, I didn't know. Like, I I knew it, I knew it was on a turntable. I didn't know if it was just shaking or if it actually physically like moved up and down. No, um, it moves. Yeah. So the best thing about that is when you've gone on it before and someone asks, "Is this the ride?" and you don't want to say anything because no one expects this to move. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. That's one thing about rides that when you go on it every time after, it's so awesome to people who have never ridden it before and laying their reactions. It is one of the most heartwarming things. Yeah. I think one of the crazy things is, is to the, like, like going into that, for all intents and purposes, people who think they've figured out how theme parks work think that... It, it throws a curveball. Well, no. They think you're going to exit from the left, because they're like, ah, yeah, yes, attached to the show building. And then the right door opens again. I had the exact same feeling. I'm like, okay, this has never happened to me before. I actually feel like I'm in space. Like this is this is beyond suspension of disbelief. This is like getting into this is real territory. Like this is the that's what makes it the best ride I've ever been on. The fact it was actually able to do what I thought no ride would be able to do. And I'm actually tearing up thinking about it because that's how much like this it's just you have to it's one of those things you have to do before you die. Like I'm not even joking. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like and this is me personally speaking. I only had that feeling, like, the first few times I wrote it. Oh, yeah, no, no, now it's gone, but, like, still. (laughs) But, like, oh, that first time, it's just... I'd love to go on it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Cole. Cole, but it's Cole. We're, like, hyping it up. Oh, no, it's fine. I've been hyping it right up since December. Oh, don't worry. I'll I'll, I'll tear it down later. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... It's just... There's nothing that can compare to the absolute disbelief. Like, where the heck am I? Like, I don't yeah, even the, know. The, the first feeling, you know, that initial feeling is definitely, like, nothing I've ever, you know. Ever done. Yeah. It's like, I wish, I really hope more rides accomplish what Rise did in that moment. And if, if one, just one more ride can do that, then... I'll be amazed because I don't I don't know if a ride can do that again. Yeah, I don't know if that's even gonna happen again, to be honest. Like they like, they can try. I mean, also it's just the fact that it's Star Wars, and that's this is something every Star Wars fan wants to happen. Well, and I think it adds to it because because it being Star Wars, it has such a like fantasy element to it that you really can just like it's it's the thing that's so unrealistic yet they made it realistic like i'm tearing up thinking about it i swear Cole, why are we doing this episode <laughs> we're doing this episode because you asked for it eric i know i did i know i did you're the only reason this is being recorded <laughs> all right let's let's move on all right yeah the the, the hanger the hanger ah yes the wow moment the, the wow! The, the wow moment that I will add has one—I mean, one understandable but slightly minor disappointment when you look into it. 
What? I can't wait to, he- I can't wait to hear what, what that this be? is. Oh, just the fact that they people keep touting the like mass horde of animatronics that's really a bunch of statues that turn their head occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it's still really cool. Like, you can't no, I'm not, and I, I, I think that that makes sense on a technical and logical standpoint from like a lo- mm-hmm. like logistics end. It's just, it's marketed in a different way. It would have been really cool if one or two of them were actual people. Yes. My mom thought they were all actors. No, that would be way too expensive. <laughs> she, thought it. she thought they were I real wish, people. but that would be super expensive. Like, I think for the general person, they legitimately think those are people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, that's like, come on, where else are you going to see this? <laughs> like, it's insane. You just, you just... I was going to say, it would have been cool if they had, like, one of the, like, the officers that's, like, not in the big group, but, like, standing off to the side. They had them either just be a more advanced animatronic or... yeah. Like, or like a uh, actor in costume. Well, I, I mean, actors. The whole every single cast member in there is an actor. They all have to audition for it. Yeah, those the first those order cast are members are. Yeah, they're great. I wanted to like hug them. I lo- I was <laughs> like I love them. They are. They're like Broadway actors, yeah, and I'm, one I'm of saying, one of my friends is one, and I'm super jealous. Do, uh, yeah. Please tell me they love their job. Like mm-hmm. I would, I, I would God. kill to, to be in that. Yeah, like you, just, you get to be act intimidating all day. Like it gets like even if you're in a grumpy mood, it just adds to it. Yeah, you 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 can you can take out your anger on guests and not be reprimanded for it. Exactly. Like it, it Although, is. And I think I think the the um, Galaxy's Edge cast members and specifically like the First Order ones in Rise. I think are the pinnacle of why I like Haunted Mansion and Tower cast members. Yeah. Because it's it's the like because like there, like you can kind of get into like the creepy character, but here it's like you really get into character. Like you have to. If you don't, you don't get the job. Yeah. If you don't, people will complain. Yeah, and I, I think that's something we should talk about later is the cast members. Mm-hmm. So do so we have anything else to talk about the hangar? Uh not really much. Oh, also uh, one thing I do want to know. Is that ride vehicle to the left? Is that a spare ride vehicle, or is that a prop that looks like a ride vehicle? I think I'd be either or. Because I was contemplating this, I said. I'm not sure, actually. If I had to guess, it's probably a prop. Well, it I would say doesn't have anything a spare in ride. I would say, in their case, if they had that be a spare ride vehicle, if they have a way to easily remove it, if say one breaks down, they can. Yeah, no, I don't think they I, do. I don't think they do. I think. Any spare ride vehicles they have are in a maintenance hangar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or in between the exit, the exit where you get off and the uh, part. Where yeah, that it. that's yeah. probably where the maintenance is. Yeah, where they where they go back around the corner. The yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was just curious. I was like, because I I looked at that and I'm like, it's modeled very similarly. I just I haven't it's, been on. Def- I think it's the same, model, but just doesn't have the electronics. Yeah, it probably makes sense. Yeah, they just take the outer molding of it, stick it on there. Um. Yeah, from there, you then lead into the corridor and the interrogation. Cool hallway. Yeah, took cool hallway. Um, Eric, were you in the group with the people who didn't know what colors they were? I mean, I, my group didn't know what colors we were, yeah. No, no, I meant in the, it, in the DSNY video. So DSNY was not in my pod. Okay. We split off. 
in his there was the one where it was like <laughs> where the okay, people okay. kept not getting on colors and then he was like what color are you in and they're like uh gray he's like that's white <laughs> oh, no, no, it might have been because if there was a bunch of chew i was with a bunch with four chewies yeah if there was chewies that was my group it was me four it was me my friend and four chewbaccas because we didn't get the memo to wear chewbacca onesies ah uh, um but yeah, then uh, then you get into the fun interrogation cell, which is a neat way of waiting, which is... <laughs> it is pretty cool. Like, I won't deny it. It's got some pretty cool effects in there. Although, it has a very interesting thing where if you're in a group of new people, it's who is the first that realizes you're supposed to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> because you walk into the room, and then it's, it's, it's also, yeah. it, like, it, it narrows down a lot. <laughs> Yeah. There's a one thing that happened a, happens a lot. There's a lot of stalling in that room. That's mm-hmm. like that's how they play catch up. Yeah, it makes sense. It's I mean, it's not like it fits with the story, but it's there's a point where like it gets so long they stall, everyone's like, All right, what are they stalling for? <laughs> and like you're waiting to get evac'd. Yeah. But to <laughs> be fair, from a immersion perspective, that's a perfect system because if they have yeah. to stall you you're stalled in a place where it makes sense for you to be waiting. Yeah. Yeah. The worst part is, is when it stalls after the light, the, uh, the door starts being cut open and it just doesn't open. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's happened to me that before. That would suck. That's one of my favorite effects, actually. It is. Yeah. Pro- they use projection mapping very well throughout this ride. It's tasteful, unlike some of their other attractions. This ride, I would say, although to be fair, I think Disney in the past years has like discovered the like untapped secrets of projection mapping. Because like, I'm still just blown away by like watching Happily Ever After. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, if you watch it from far away, it looks really good. But if you're up close, it's it's special. That's all I got to say about Happily Ever After. I don't know. I I watched it from over by Sleepy Hollow, and I think it still holds up. I was blown away by that show, but that's that's another... Because before that, the only projection mapping I'd ever seen was when they used to do the... When they first started doing the Star Wars fireworks, and it wasn't really projection <sighs> mapping, it was just, we're using the Chinese theater as a canvas and putting video on it. It's a that is, That's my favorite fireworks show, Unbiased of Star I, Wars. It's, just, it's really cool. I, am, I miss when it used to actually have fireworks. It still does. Or actually used to, like, there was one they did for a while that was just straight Star Wars music to fireworks and was all synchronized and was very nice. Yeah, no, they don't do that now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the part I miss. It's just, like, mm-hmm. it's like pyro and fireworks to movie scenes. As it's still to. pretty cool. Like, watching it, it while on Slinky Dog's pretty cool. Oh, right, yes, right. it, is, it is still a neat. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what's the happily yeah. ever after? <laughs> projection mapping. <laughs> um, Tasteful projection mapping. Yes, they do that. And then also the interrogation room has the... Which is, I think this is the, one of the, like, little things that shows the attention to detail on this ride is the, the Kylo and the Hux are projected, but they thought to include the fact that in a dark lit room, they would create shadows. So they not only project them, they project their shadows on the roof that they would make. It is Mm -hmm. really cool. Like, someone who's going with people who never go, they're like, wait, is that, is that actors up there? Well, because isn't it also, it's not a screen, it's projected onto, like, a set? It's like a scrim. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of scrims that are used in this ride. Scrim is Disney's favorite material. 
That and projection mapping. <laughs> and then, yeah, then from there you get the really cool thing where... So can you see the seam and the wall when you're... No. I, lo- I look for it, I can never find it. That must be, like, the most, like, tightly fit door ever. <laughs> it, well, I think it also has to do with the design, because the door... It's like the whole room is made out of a bunch of rectangles that have oh, so indented. One so of the panels. Really, yeah, yeah, one of the panels just comes out. It's very hard to see. Yeah, so basically what they do is there's an effect where the door gets cut open, and there's a projection mapped like glow outline of them cutting it, and then it slides away on like it's like held from the top and it, like pulls it out and slides to the side. You can see the mechanism if you look up, but it's a it's definitely a neat effect. Yeah, because I remember the first ride through I watched, I was like, okay, they're stuck in a room. Where are they going? There's no doors. <laughs> So this was something that we were we were theorizing as we were on that first time. We were, is this going to be like a turntable of some kind? Because that's what the room kind of looks like. It's a it's a it's like a slice of a pie. A pie slice, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that it like it throws a curveball by having the uh, projection. Like I th- I think that's pretty ingenious. I don't know. Oh like, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Because there's nothing to lead you to believe. Hey, there's going to be a hole opening in the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, no, not at all. Yeah, and then there you get to the load zone, which is also a conveniently disguised charging station for the vehicles. Is it really? Yeah, so there's they there if you look when you're exiting, there's this little like um four square grid of like copper contacts on the floor and it's a wireless charging oh. station. Yeah, so it, the vehicles charge in two places. They charge in they the waiting the- before you pass and then while they're sitting there. No, they also charge. Uh, it's it's load and unload. There's there's the is there, is there ones that unload. Yeah, there's contacts at the unload stations too. I knew I knew about the two. I didn't know about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is is neat because I totally never thought of that. I'm like, oh yeah, trackless ride vehicles are detached from the ride system, therefore they have to operate on batteries. I'm surprised they don't charge at later in the ride, like on the elevators and stuff. See, I would think that you know they charge them. At night, and the battery could last the entire day. Oh, there's no way. But apparently that, yeah. not. Tesla's given the, the they, Tesla's have to be charged like every two to three hours. Those things travel more than Tesla's. Yeah, and the well, and also the weight and everything of those is that's true. Yeah, like they got they got some power. Well, because it's weight, and then they have to be set up for omnidirectional movement. There's a lot of mechanics in it, plus a moving animatronic on the front, which is I don't think R five takes up that much power. No, but I'm just saying it's an it's an extra thing. Yeah, and yeah, another thing I don't think we commented earlier, but uh, each ride vehicle is it's two rows of four, and then you have a little um, animatronic R five droid in the front that kind of like bobs up and down, spins around, and beeps. I want to take a selfie with him. Like I don't know why, but how cool would that be to take a selfie with R five? That would be neat. <laughs> um, so, did you see what happened the other day where they got stuck in the up position, so they had to only load the set the back half because the people in the front couldn't see over him? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, so apparently, um, I saw this uh, online uh, like a couple weeks ago where uh, the R5 droid got stuck in the like popped up position oh, with his head no. turned around, and so and they were like, and the ride vehicle was stuck that way. That's um. I would request a re-ride. I didn't get the proper ride um, that I was expecting. Can I get a re-ride, guys? <laughs> I, I would, no, I seriously would be one of those people. Milk as many times I can get onto rides as possible. It wouldn't surprise me, Eric. 
doesn't <laughs> surprise me either. Um, but yeah, and then you go out into what I think is, which something I didn't pick up on until I watched a couple ride-throughs, but I think is possibly the most clever way of hiding um, vehicle re- resets, which is when you exit, so you're in a group of two. So you have two ride vehicles that are kind of in a pair going through. And when you exit the load station, there are another two ride vehicles circling around the room. Uh-huh. In reality, those are two ride vehicles going back to the load station for the next room. It's but great. In universe, they are set to be like other transports. So you go by and the droids beep at each other and Beck is like, oh, tell them it's a prisoner transfer. And then you they like beep at you and go away. So it's like meant to be in the story. Ooh, I didn't even catch that. That's genius. Yeah, it, it's it's, yeah. Gen- it's I, like, it's really cool. I didn't, I didn't pick up until like after the first like couple times and I was like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be. But I think it's like, that's an ingenious way of doing it. As it's, opposed it took to me my, like, like my second or third time going on to be like, yeah. oh wait, that's where those are going? Because at that point I'm like, all right, I could just look around. But my, yeah, it's, it's, it's genius. Yeah. Which is, it's a very neat way of hiding what is a, a logistics, you know, thing of Nightmare. having to get, yeah, what's having to get the ride vehicles back into a one-way loading station. Mm. But, but they, you know, find a way to it. Which makes yeah, sense, because you're, you're in a supposedly hacked transport, so it would, yeah. there should feasibly be these things going around the rest of the, the ship. Yeah, because in load, there's a wall, and then there's um, a garage door, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because they back into the load station. Because they take like a shortcut through the building and then back in there. Um, that is also, going back to the wear and tear on the floor thing, um, because of that, in that room, you kind of like spin around. So there's a really fun like spirograph on the ground. It reminds me of the 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 Wild Arctic Rot. Not Wild Arctic. Is it Wild? No, em- Empire of the Penguin at SeaWorld. Yes. That's no, what Wild, it reminds me Wild of. Wild is their very, very poor knockoff of Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the Empire of the Penguin ride. Yes. That's what I, it's like. You're just doing a little dance with them, and it's really cute. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so then you get to going down the hallway. You get Probe Droid. Um, probe Droid is just a regular animatronic. It kind of comes down. I'm kind of sad. His arms don't move. He just comes down. Yeah, he does. I mean, there is a neat thing where they have, like, a projection thing of him, like, scanning the wall. They do. Uh, yeah, I didn't even you notice that. Uh, or at least I think so. I've, I think last time I watched it, you noticed like, I guess there's like a projector in his head because you see like a little scan thing like on the on the wall when he turns his head. Hmm. I mean, granted, the the what the one that, the person that the car that's at the front near the probe droid is the one that goes in front of the ATAT. And again, still never only done that once, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. So, so this is kind of one of the first parts where one car goes up and the other car kind of goes down the hallway. Um, like I said, you back around that, you go back um, towards the turbo lifts. The stormtroopers there are another projection effect. They look really good, though. Yeah, they do. I was surprised. Like, first time I saw that, I was like, is that a projection? Like, And then we get to the beginning of what I think is one of the coolest things this ride does, is how it deals with lasers. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't... I haven't actually taken the time to look into like all the breakdowns and patents and everything, so I still don't know how they do that. It's mainly projection mapping and then and, light, um, and lights in places. I was, what is it? it? What's the things that they do in the floors? I always forget the word. Um, in the floors and it's lights and floors. Oh, yeah, fiber optic. Is it's it really all projection mapping? 
projection mapping and fiber optics. Yeah, so really? If you, if you look, it, it there there looks like there's actual depth. Yeah, yeah so the way, good. The way it seems that they do it is they'll they'll project it in a way on a surface where it tricks your eye into thinking it's off the surface. Yeah, but like in reality, it's the walls just have the lasers going by. Like I remember when they first like info started coming out and they're like, you'll see the lasers. And I'm like, okay, how are they going to do that? And then I watched a I video also, and I was like, it can't be that realistic. <laughs> like, I think something that helps, they also just, they whiz past you. So they don't have to worry so much about quality of it. Yeah. Like the idea is you see a light flash by to your right and you associate that with the, you know, and then yeah. they use, they also use projection mapping to put like bullet dents in the wall and stuff, which is pretty cool. And they, they were, well, they use, Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they use projection mapping to hide the dents too. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes they, they have. Yeah, sometimes they have like physical dents that they'll then light up, oh. or sometimes they'll just have like, um, like spots that'll that'll project. Like, off. I think in the ATAT they have. I, I think we're getting ahead, but still, projection mapping in the ATAT they have well, that's it kind of a couple places. So if you want to start okay. talking about that, yeah, transition. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. transition yeah. into the. The two only ever constructed life-size uh, adats. Is the one in front of Star Tours not life-size? No, it is not. No. It's not fully constructed. It is a. It, it's oh, well, a that's true. Oh wait, yeah. it's not. Fully, you're right. It's not fully constructed. No, because right. it's 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 meant to be like a movie facade, which is why it's all wireframe. All right, you you got me there. <laughs> yeah, because that was the big deal when they announced it. They're like, it's the first time they've ever built. Because that was the one thing that was always done as a miniature or cg in the movie mm -hmm. which does kind of lead into an interesting thing where like galaxy's edge has led to a lot of realizations of things that were never actually built at full scale like yeah how like how now the falcon in front of smugglers is the default lucasfilm reference because it's the most accurate version ever <laughs> made which is insane and how but, the yeah. interior of the falcon was always bigger than the exterior. Oh yeah, no, it's it, it, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. No, 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 Garrett, Garrett, we don't want to get triggered. No, 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 Okay, yeah. We 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 ran it enough about Falcon last week. Yeah, so. and most science fiction things the interior stuff is bigger than the exterior. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, yeah, you get two giant life-size uh, adats that you then either go to the left or the right around. And then I know the one to the left, so both ends you go up an elevator and then get shot at. The one to the left, the adat shoots at you, and the one to the right, a gunner shoots at you, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. The and one then, to the left is better. That is the better experience. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it it yeah. is not. It's not even close. How much better that one is. Well, and I find it interesting because the way they do the lasers in that is it's just it's a bunch of LED lights along the roof. <laughs> well, it it has more to do with where they're coming from. In the fact you're yeah. getting shot at by an ad at, which is like so cool. <laughs> yes. So, so remember when I said I would talk about uh, problems and insights yes. into problems. So those elevators, you know, when you're going up from the ATAT -AT scene or at at scene into the, um, you know, when you're getting shot at, that was the single most problematic. Um, well, really? one of one imagine. of two one of two most problematic um, like uh, parts of the ride. 
because what was happening was um, the the ride vehicles would go into the elevator and then immediately e-stop. And why? they had no idea why for the longest time. Like it would they would just go in and they just stop. And it took like I I want to say like a few months for them to figure it out. Or maybe it was shorter. I don't know. I don't know the specifics. But I know it was a huge problem because what was happening was so you know the trackless ride vehicles they use like um rfid nfc tags stuff like yeah that. they use rfid yeah. they use you know all sorts of these technologies to communicate with each other you know to make sure that they don't crash Track. into each other and crash into the walls and all that stuff so what was happening that they eventually figured out was that the elevator um the motors in the elevator were creating an electromagnetic field that was interfering with the communications of the ride vehicle. That is not something I would ever think of. Mm-hmm. So, so it would go, yeah, it would go into the elevator and then it would shut off immediately. Yeah. They said, apparently I've heard that they had a lot of issues with, because of how many vehicles that are communicating, it's all off of, like, it's run off of Wi-Fi and RFID, and they said they'd hit spots where, like, randomly the building would just have a dead zone because of so yeah. many signals, yeah. and it would just everything would lose connection to each other. Yeah, so they had to like, they had to like completely replace the elevator system with like a different one or shield it uh, so that it wasn't, you know, I totally interfering. Would but yeah, that does make sense because as an elevator car, like those are heavy vehicles, so you gotta have. Oh a yeah, the, and those are heavy duty them. elevators too. Yeah, so I imagine, yeah, that can just the elect- electricity from that could make some really weird interference, which leads into the whole thing with the floor. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. we don't. We, we've we've dug into the floor enough. We don't have to hate on it some more. <laughs> Literally dug into the floor. <laughs> well, you yeah. better like edit in like a laugh track for that. <laughs> no, I, I, I keep it all stock. You're... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so from there, past the problematic elevators. There's just a bunch of more lasers. Yeah, there's more lasers. Uh, you see one of two fin animatronics. Uh, then you head into the bridge. I don't know. The bridge doesn't really have anything crazy. I mean, it has a, a Hux, which is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, no, it has two nice animatronics, big giant screen. I just meant. I mean, a... you're in a you're in the bridge of a star destroyer. I think that's pretty cool. It's very neat visually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, all of the you know resistance ships show up. So you back out of there, you get to the um, what is it? The Kylo down the hallway. Yeah. Which you said is what a moving projection? Yeah, so it's a moving from from what I understand, it's a moving projection. It's the same thing that is happening with Ray, but it's moving. And then the lightsaber that ignites is also moving. And they have that. I think there was another problem they had trying to sync that up to, so it looks right. I also heard the lightsaber is a physical prop. Where yeah, well, no, no, the lightsaber is a physical prop. It is a physical prop. So let's talk about the lightsaber. Which one? There's two. That, I mean. <laughs> The 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 hallway the or the the ceiling one. Oh, okay. Because yeah, that, that that's the next part. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, because the, the, the lightsaber that comes with the Kylo that moves is also a physical prop because I had someone, I didn't yes, know so that. I had someone who has e-stop there, lights turn on, and they, I have pictures. It is a phys- it's basically a force effects lightsaber, I think is what they used. I'm not So my question is why? So it why? just moves forward and syncs with the Yeah. Huh. I don't know if that's because of I mean maybe Is that because necessary? <laughs> the only thing I could think is potentially weird light issues with the yeah. lightsaber igniting on the one-way mirror thing. Yeah, because one time I went, there was no Kylo, but there was a lightsaber that moved. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the floating out uh, the floating um candle in Haunted Mansion. I found it so much more entertaining without the Kylo. <laughs> Ooh, spooky lightsaber. <laughs> that makes the next scene even more interesting because that means the floating lightsaber is attacking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so also, does that elevator go up or down? It doesn't move. Does it doesn't not? Move. It's not an elevator. No, it, it's just a room. Yeah, okay. it's, it's just a room. It, it's yeah. supposed to be an elevator, but it it's just effects. Yes, the only real elevator is the added elevator. Okay. Because then you have the thing at the end to get you back to the right level. Yeah, no, that's what I, that's what I thought. I was trying to think, and I was like, because canonically, according to the story of the ride, that elevator should be going down. But yes, but it doesn't. No. But it wouldn't have any reason to go down because you should be at the top of the building, right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I did not. I did not know if it physically moved. Yeah. But yeah it's like the, the. It's like the elevator in uh, Gringotts. That's what I was gonna oh, say. Gringotts. Yeah. Okay. So just shaky elevator. Yeah. Basically. Um, and then uh, we have the lightsaber through the roof, which is a very neat trick. Do yeah. you want to explain it? I mean, sure. Yeah, I it's... said this is full spoiler cast, so yeah. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett, do you know how it works? Because I, I, yeah, I know. Okay, I just want to make sure. Do Do you know how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, it's not the lightsaber moving; it's the wall, or rather, the ceiling that's on like a turntable, and yeah. the ceiling is moving out from the lightsaber rather than the lightsaber into the ceiling. But it. Okay, I know. actually thought it was different. I thought the lightsaber is moving, but it's on a slotted track that opens as it moves no no it's 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 not moving it's it's um yeah it's entirely stationary it's the uh it's the slot that moves i'm gonna look at that when i go on friday because i could have sworn the lightsaber moves and it's just a a slot in the ceiling that opens with it oh that i mean that might also be it i'm not a hundred percent i mean either way it's a great effect. Fantastic. Yeah, either way. Yeah, because you don't see the hole until the lightsaber gets there, and then the hole's there after. Yeah, it's it's still really cool. The lightsaber looks awesome. 10 out of I 10. Re- I remember when the promos came out that was like the like the like little bits of video that they put on like the Disney website, and they showed that. And but it, it like looked very theatrical, and I was like, okay. That's it is like, that theatrical. You know, I saw it and I was like, okay, that's like some editing they did like on a thing. Like that actually physically cannot do that. And then I saw it like an actual ride through and I'm like, oh shit. Like it, they physically did it. Yeah. It's one of those things that's like you it's like, wait, did they seriously just pull that off? Are they joking right now? <laughs> it's like I, I I can't we're not describe how cool it is. It's it's impossible. I mean, that's like half this ride is, hey, look at this fun effect. Like, it's, it's, no, honestly, Rise of the Resistance is just a super awesome special effects showcase. <laughs> but I, I think, which is, I'll get into this later, 
but I think this very much kind of carries the heritage of what made Haunted Mansion work, is it's a yep. bunch of optical illusions done to nice set pieces. Rise of Resistance is that, but with the caveat of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, so then from there you go into the big cannon room. Play a bunch of cat and mouse. Kind Which is cool. very interesting. I found out um, apparently the whole so to the right of you is their video screens are supposed to be like the windows out into space, and there's a big space battle going on. It was actually made by ILM. I'm so not surprised did, at all. They did all the stuff for that. I mean, they're owned by Disney. They can yeah. they can make them do whatever they want. But um, yeah. So from there, you are. Is there? Like, so are the cannons just kind of, like, on, like, how how do the, what is the motion on the cannons like? They just move back and forth, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I'm trying to see, because, like, there isn't a track on the floor, so do you know how... It might how... be in the back part of it. Like, yeah, is it, like, a piston they're mounted to? It, it might be, <laughs> there might be a track in the back where you can't see, because they're, they're, oh, they're yeah. very long, too. They are very long. I don't know, these are things I can go look at. Whenever I go again. My favorite is one of the ride videos is they get into that room and the guy goes, we're not going through those, are we? That would be awesome. If you just, like, blew a hole in them. <laughs> well, no, but he meant, like, they were going through and he's like, we're not going down that hallway. And then they go... <laughs> yeah, and then you go from there, uh, things start going off and you're told to evacuate the, the ship. Well, I mean... Before that, I, I don't know, this is a really cool projection mapping effect they do with the, the uh, blast coming and go hitting the wall on the right side. Oh, yes, I always forget about that. It's a yeah. really cool effect that... Yeah, where it's like the big like tear in the wall. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, you don't expect it to be there, and there's like a flash of light, and it's like, hole in the wall, guys. Yeah, and then from there you get to the next room, which has the last Kylo. Which is mm -hmm. most definitely an A1000. Yeah, yes. the best Kylo. <laughs> I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't think he looks good at all. I think he looks great. He does he feels very rigid. He doesn't feel like Kylo though. Well, I think I mean that's I, I disagree. Yeah, I, was like, I, I don't know. It could be the Disney World version, but I just I don't I, think I he don't looks know. I, I disagree. I thought he looked fantastic, especially when it's offering an A mode, like when he starts flailing around. He looks ridiculous. I thought that was. I thought that okay. was. I thought no. it looked cool. Eric, I th I think you're mistaking the part that Kylo as a character looks ridiculous. No, 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 no. But like, he didn't have the mannerisms that I see in Ky in Adam Driver's performance as Kylo. It just oh. that was the one thing. I'm just like, something I feels mean... off with him. It like Hondo looks fantastic. Something feels wrong with this Kylo though, and I I still can I cannot figure out what it is. Something and that it's, just puts it's, me off. It's slightly more temper tantrum-y, Kylo. Well, no, it's like, it feels, it doesn't, like, when he's pushing, force pushing you back and forth, it's like his hands are, like, at, cocked at 90 degrees, and it just looks so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have no issues with the animatronic. I have a slight issue with the way they hide it. I'm, I'm not a super big fan of the giant piece of metal folds out from the ceiling. I don't even understand where that comes from. Like, what's the point of it? Well, like, how, how does that patch the hole? I don't think it patches the hole. I think the idea is it's it's just a thing from the ceiling that fell. Oh. 
And then honestly, I've looked back when game. going towards the next room. It's kind of funny seeing everything reset. Yeah. Well, no, my thing is just the fact that the Ky- because the Kylo is stuck to the floor. That is their way of you know making him disappear. But the problem is the thing is just a folded piece of like the roof, so it doesn't cover it. So like you can still see his feet. <laughs> Okay, so that might be another problem I have with the Kylo. He's too low to the ground. You can see the holes where he, his linear motion is very clearly without trying. Like like how uh, it's just like you can see where he's supposed to move back and forth and they're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. Very interestingly though, does so Garrett, is there a B mode of the animatronic itself? Because I know there's the B mode where the animatronic doesn't work and then the tie striker shows up no i don't believe there's a b mode of the animatronic okay yeah i was like because okay, i know there's a mode and i got confused yeah so I, there's... by b by b mode i meant or or yeah by a mode versus b mode i meant you know the animatronic being there versus yeah so hidden. for reference there is in an event where the kylo animatronic is broken um there is a situation where they'll leave the thing lowered and then Kylo Ren's ship shows up outside on like the window screen there, and then shoots at you. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen that. I saw it. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote it three times opening day. Um, one time, uh, the first animatronic was working, but not the second. The second time, the first animatronic wasn't working, but the second was. Wait, the and then the third one? time, they were both working. The, wait, the bridge one wasn't working? The I'm talking about the Kylo animatronic. Yeah, so bridge versus... Yeah, the um, bridge yeah. bridge versus ending. Yeah. So, that's, was that's he just something. standing there with his back to you while he yelled yep. at you? Yep. <laughs> to be fair, though, at least in that case, it that's slightly less immersion-breaking than, <laughs> than uh, at the second yeah. Okay, yeah. wait, Cole, Cole, going back to the elevator thing, I just remember, what, you know, it doesn't move, because I've been on it, and both doors were open. When the lightsaber effect doesn't work, they have, they just let you right through. Oh, mm. okay. Interesting. I just, I just thought of that, I don't know why. Oh, okay, neat. Something I didn't know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, then you get into the escape pod area, which has what I think had to be like some Imagineer's fever dream of a ride system. Uh, ride system? You mean three ride systems? That's what we meant, yeah. Someone was like, <laughs> what if we put a ride system on a ride system on a ride system? So <laughs> you... Someone probably thought, what if we put Tower of Terror, Star Tours, and, I don't know, R- the Remy ride in Paris, and throw them all together? What happens? Yeah, so, for reference, is it I keep hearing people say the Tower of Terror drop shaft. Isn't it just a drop shaft? Like, I don't. Does it share something technically? No, it's Tower? just they, they say that because it's in the same park as Tower and gives the same ride experience. Okay, because I keep hearing people say that, and I'm like, but what makes it a Tower of Terror drop shaft? It's, it's just the fact that it's a drop shaft. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you get. Which is. It's neat. So you have the ride vehicle comes in and docks into a motion base and then said motion base is attached to a drop shaft. Mm-hmm. So the drop is just that initial part where the ship lets you go, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you, you go through the drop shaft, you drop down, and then it's like... You go you go through a little initial drop, and then there's a motion base, but while the motion base is going, you're slowly uh, moving down. Yeah. And then that's kind of, you know, simulates you flying back down to the planet, and then you exit outside of the show building in the fun giant half-pipe thing. <laughs> I think still makes no sense to me, but and it's 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 fine. But well, like, it's, a, it's part of a broken ship. Yeah, it's fine. But then I mean, you see your, your boy Beck, though. Yeah, you do see your boy Beck, everyone's favorite character. <laughs> Not gonna lie, he actually is my favorite character in the ride. I love. Yeah, I mean, he's I, mine. I like James Arnold Taylor too. So I really want like Beck Beck merchandise. Didn't they? Well, I mean, there's an action figure. Is there? Wait. How do I not know about this? I'm buying it like right now. Um, I'm pretty sure it's part of that really expensive like Black Series four pack. Oh, oh no, I'm not giving Disney more money. I I think it is. I'm not certain on that. Mm. I know that there was a um. There's oh, actually no. I don't think he was part of that. Um, there is though a Lego set of the um. Of the resistance transport yeah, coming out, I already pre-ordered it. <laughs> you did. That has the oh, Lego yeah. back in it. Yeah, I already. Pre- I wanted it because it's Rise. No other reason. That's awesome. Um. So yeah, going from there. Let's see. We've gone through the ride. The technical. Did we aspect. make it to the end of the ride? Did, did we, we actually it? do it? We did it. We made it to the end of the ride. <laughs> wow! Bravo! You've gone through this. 18 minute experience over the course of like an hour with us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, kind of following that, I just want to lead into any like, uh, any like larger scale thought that you have about the ride overall. I know, Eric, you have your fun theory. It, I, it's not even a theory. I'm pretty sure it's fact. Like, this is something I'm not the only one who thinks it. I know I'm not. What's your theory? Okay. So, after the great movie ride closed, nobody knows what happened to those animatronics of the Wicked Witch was in A100. Dorothy, and I, th- I think the character from Singing in the Rain. Nobody knows what happened to them. But Kylo Ren on the bridge, especially in the Walt Disney World one, does motions very, very similar to the Wicked Witch of the West with her, with her turn and his turn. I, I was the only one. My entire ride vehicle when I was on literally said, is that the Wicked Witch of the West? And we spent three hours between our two boarding passes in Pizza Rizzo analyzing footage that we had <laughs> between the Wicked Witch and someone who recorded the ride. Now, it's, it's probably, it's, I, there's no way it's an A1000. It's, that's so expensive for something that does so little. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure the only A1000 is the last one. But they, they claim to have three in the ride. Right? Am I, am I wrong to say that? Did it, have they said that? I thought I thought I read they claimed it somewhere. I don't know if that was a claim or if that was people just deducing that the three standing animatronics were a one thousands. Which that wouldn't make sense because Hux doesn't do anything. He just stands. exactly. That's why the theory is he's Dorothy, and the the thing that solidifies Wait, this theory how, is how would the that work though? He's a lot taller. It's just a robot. You just add some wood feet at the bottom. I don't know. I'm just I mean, I get, rambling. Yeah, but the proportions don't work. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing that solidifies this this theory is those dang fins. They look so awful. Like, it's not even a joke how bad they look. And they're in the same positions as Alien. Yeah, one of the fins looks a lot like the 
he's standing up against a wall with his gun like at to the side which is conveniently the same position that the ripley with her flamethrower was in the alien scene i can neither confirm nor deny oh gare have you not seen what they look like no no i i have i'm just saying whether or not they are uh, oh, okay garrett all right <laughs> all right let's see what you're doing there i mean let's just say that this is a very expensive ride and they ran out of money I mean, yeah, no, Garrett, it's, like, so obvious, it's, like, not even funny. The 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 Sigourney Weaver is, the like, the biggest one. Like, both of those fins are in the same positions as both of the animatronics from Alien. It's, like, come on. What's the what's the other one from Alien? Because there's, there's only one Ripley. There's Ripley and then Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver is the actor who plays Ripley. Is that, is that, real, is that really? I, I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know. There was, isn't, wait, I'm looking this up right now. No, it uh, might Gray, be. No, I think the one with the gun might be one of the uh, one of the people from like the gangster shootout or the western. Shootout. That's what it is. It's Sigourney Weaver and the gangster shootout. Yeah, I was like, because it's it's like hunched over with a gun pointing. Like, <laughs> see, this is what my 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 not ever watching Alien and not knowing who the actors' names. Uh, yes, fine. the it's actor better. is Sigourney Weaver. The character. That's why when people say Ripley, I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's Sigourney Weaver. I was just gonna say. Half the people that worked on this ride quit Imagineering. Really? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Was it, like, that taxing on them or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I, I, I hate to say that I can believe it. I really I can. I can believe it, but at that point, I'd almost be like, like, you put in this much effort, don't you want to, like, wait... No, because you're never going to make anything this good again. Your 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 career can only go down. For yeah, I mean that 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 is that is fair. Yeah, like Tess and Adjust were working like damn near like eighteen hour days every day. Yeah. Well, to be fair, this this ride was originally supposed to open. What like? Uh, what is that? Four it was supposed. It was supposed before. No, it was originally supposed to open with the land. Yeah, which if you, which if you was four months before, wasn't no because this is you're gonna count Disneyland's opening in uh, yeah May. Disneyland opened in May. Yeah. So the difference oh between god. May and January. They oh, said, I was thinking about Walt Disney World. Oh my god! Yeah, Disney World's the reason. So I heard the reason Disney World's. Uh, opened before Disneyland, even though their Galaxy's Edge opened later, is because of that hole where they had to rip up the floor thing. Yeah, they and said, because they hadn't done it yet, so yeah, they were they said able to fix was, it. There was a um, lot of going back and fixing that the Disneyland version had to do, where they had to tear some stuff up and reinstall it. And they said Disney World had the advantage of, since they were a couple months behind, they hadn't done that yet, so they got to just use the revised um, designs. But yeah, they said original plan was up until stuff started not working, they were all they were originally hoping to have it open in May with the rest of the land. Yeah. But then on the flip side, Disneyland also benefited from Disney World's opening first. Yeah, because from- and learning from it and, you know, fixing stuff so that, you know, it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, how did yours go? Because I didn't hear as many crazy things from the Disneyland opening. Yeah, no, the Disneyland opening was very smooth. Um, I mean, other than some downtime on opening day, yeah, that's normal. I mean, that's expected for a ride like this. Yeah. Um, I, I legitimately and honestly think that the next probably five to ten years of 
attraction design is going to be how do we replicate or play catch up to this? I don't think they will. No, I, don't I, think they I don't think they can. But by at least is, not for quite a few years, I, possibly I, a couple decades. I was thinking about this today. I think Disney shot themselves in the foot by having Runaway Railway get delayed until after this. Runaway. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I know this is not about Runaway Railway, but Runaway Railway is a cheap attraction. What? Yes. No, no, no. I, I went I on disagree. it. I disagree. No, 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 no. Garrett, it is all projection mapping, and it is all plastic things. That but is I think all that, it is. I think that's inherently part of the art style they were going Yeah, through. it's it, it doesn't matter about, you know, necessi- it's about the execution. I think it's executed well, but I I, I, think, I thought the execution was I feel like very it was, well. It would, they... But my part also this part this is part of my problem is that they got rid of Great Movie Ride. That is a big problem. Okay, yeah. Well, you're you are inherently biased, so you can't talk about it's it. It's like it's like you you go with this attraction, you replace this attraction that is the essence of Hollywood Studios. There's no ride they will ever make that'll define the park more, and you replace it with a Mickey Mouse ride, which I I'm very happy with, but you replace it with a ride. That is showing me even more that you are making an IP dump. I, okay. I initially agreed with you, but that gets into another discussion. <laughs> um, yeah, this, is, this is arguing for a, a point of another day for a future great movie. <laughs> but, um, uh, I will not be a part of that. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I would argue that the great movie ride was a representation of what Hollywood Studios was, not is. And not is. No, no, I completely agree. And it's, it, it it grinds my gears. But that's another problem is what is Hollywood Studios? They should just rename it to Disney's IP dump. I, I think that I think that um Hollywood Studios is a terrible park from a like it, it's it's absolutely just dumping whatever they have. Oh it is. Well right now Studios is the Star Wars and Toy Story Park plus a few extra things. Plus Tower of Terror for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing makes sense, you know, thematically. Cons- there's no consistency. There's no. I had this exact conversation at lunch. I kid you not. It's the worst Walt Disney World park, in my opinion. There's no. no I mean, from a. From a. Co- I mean, from a ride standpoint, it's one of the best, but. From a cohesion yeah. standpoint, it's the worst. Yeah. From a cohesion standpoint, it's the worst. From a. I like Galaxy's Edge so much. It is the best work. <laughs> I won't lie. I think a Six Flags has more cohesion than Studios. Yeah, you, I don't think you're wrong. It, that I, I will 100% agree with you, Garrett, though, that Studios is the worst when it comes to certain aspects. Yeah, but going, going back to the statement that's on this, opinions on whether or not Runaway Railway is, is good or bad. It's Runaway Railway is inherently a far less technically impressive trackless right. ride. That that was that's right. my problem with it. Oh, of actually. course, but it, it, it wasn't supposed to open after it got delayed it, as well. Yeah, so yeah, no, me and my dad were plan- planned a trip to Disney because we wanted to go on that ride because we were really hyped up for it. And then rides happened, and I completely forgot about Runaway Railway existing. And then Ra- Railway came out, and I went on rides earlier that day, and I went on, and I'm like, on opening day, I'm like. That was not that good. Rise was better. That's, I think, the problem. I mean, of course Rise is going to be better. 
But I also think that Rise of Resistance is a little overrated. But it's still, it deserves its overrating, I think. <laughs> Listen, you're you're fighting with a brick wall with me with Rise. You're not yeah, going to get any... <laughs> I, I think from not having written it, but just what I've seen, I think it is the most impressive ride currently. At yeah, all. I think it's by far the most technically impressive. Um, yeah, no, there's not really a debate there. No. But yeah, exactly. But, you know, from a story standpoint, you know... For- I guess there could be a debate with Runaway Railway because it did do a lot of things that were really cool. I won't lie. Like, there, there were some really cool things it did that I'm like, wait, whoa, that just happened? I think rise also inherently it's it's because it's an you know ip based thing and a star wars thing it like markets itself towards a specific audience like like i i i i think that shanghai pirates and mystic manor are both better rides than rise of the resistance yeah i've never seen povs because i'm waiting for the day i get to go to shanghai <laughs> i have seen those i i think if you take star wars out of it I think it loses yeah. a lot of its magic if you take Star Wars. I won't but lie. I, I, no, it does. I think the reason Rise works is if you are someone who is a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the combination of being a very technically impressive ride and being a very immersive Star Wars. Thing. And I think that goes into talking about the direction. Like, WDI the, the story isn't is. very. The story isn't very appealing, or as appealing if you're a non-Star Wars fan. That's that's the problem. Yeah, if you walked in having seen nothing not having any connection to anything that's going on. I can see it being a very distant thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I was saying this before, but it's kind of showing that WDI, we've talked about this, how WDI is just only IPs now and nothing original, like Shanghai Pirates and Mystic Manor, and that's why they are so good. I mean... it's original stuff. Pirates is still... Pirates... They Well, Shanghai Pirates... Or just Pirates in general is an IP they made up that got turned into a Disney IP. Yeah. But so I feel like that could be an exception because it's something they uh, invented. I don't want to get into the IP debate. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, I know. I said not. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, as someone who has, you know, I, I mean, I'm not in the industry, but, you know, like knowing the pitching process, knowing modern rides, knowing what gets. You know, it's just a reality of the times that yeah, you know, no, what oh, is it? Rides don't get greenlit without being tied to yeah. It goes back to the reason why we said as shitty of a ride, you know, Fast and Furious Supercharges, it probably does way better than what it replaced just because it has a name attached to it. Yeah, I've never been on Supercharged, so I cannot attest. The the fact of the matter is, theme parks are very expensive. You know, we're past the era of corporate sponsorships. So there's less. Unfortunately, there's there's less of a um, funding. It's a lot more risk averse. There is well, and to be, and even like now, the problem is the expected technology of attractions has scaled a lot higher than the price of attraction technology has gone down. Yeah, exactly. Cold, you said that Disney shot themselves in the foot with Rise, and that that goes hand in hand with what you just said. I, I think so too. I think, and I mentioned this last week. I think that Rise is a little too technically impressive. Like, I think that they went a little overboard, even. Um, Which is a sad thing to do when it's so awesome. 
Yeah, and I, I think that it's also going to be a very expensive ride to operate. Yeah. Yeah. I, can see well, that. I, I think the I, I think that's because Rise seems to have been built very much in a way that was a ride that they planned a budget around rather than a budget that they planned a ride around. Yeah. Like because most most attractions you, you have a basic idea and then you know how much money you have and you use that as a limitation. Whereas Rise seems very much like they tried to take their idea and push as much as they well they, they yeah they took all the money out of the land and they put it in a rise because yeah. they were the going way over budget with rise that yeah. that's literally what happened was they were they were creating this ride they went way over budget and that's a big reason why the rest of the land um feels so lackluster feels so lackluster is just you know because of poor project management and i think this kind of goes back to the thing we said last episode of we can sit here all day and speculate on how expensive this will be to maintain, but like, yeah, I mean, ultimate, I mean, they don't, they don't release those figures. So, you know, we'll never know. This will legitimately be a, what is the perception of rise in five years? How well does rise operate in five years? Is it like, uh, I get, I get, I guess. Yeah. I mean, kind of segueing from longevity of the ride. I mean, Garrett, you can attest to this. The cast members make the whole pre-experience. Oh no, I was gonna say I. Think, I was gonna say I think the cast members make Galaxy's Edge as a whole. Well, yeah, yeah especially and you're talking about budget. They're gonna ask for more money at some point, and that then you're gonna have to pay them less because you're upkeeping this ride that's so expensive. And once those cast members aren't as into it and not as motivated, especially those initial um, resistance people. That are like saying, let's move, let's move. That like gets your energy up. Once that goes, the immersion's kind of gone. I I think my like very hot take on things is that Galaxy's Edge as a whole is an experience that is limited by being stuck in a nether theme park. It's gonna be doomed to yeah. fail. Because at some and, point. And and it's we were talking about this of the reason why Star Cruiser can do things that Galaxy's Edge can't is because you have to accept that that there are guests coming to Disney who are not inherently signing up to come to a Star Wars thing. Yeah. If you had Galaxy's Edge in a vet, like it's it's just the like Should if it was its own theme park. Yeah, if it's its own immersive theater thing cuz I think and and I hope that the cast member thing doesn't die down because legitimately the cast members at Galaxy's Edge and at Rise make it like it should it should be like a comic con kind of thing, like it happens. It's just it's in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't even think that. I think it's just the. I think it's inherently limited by still attempting to appeal to people who are not inherently wanting to get into it. If it was yeah. its own thing, you could inherently market it to people who specifically want to go do a Star Wars thing. But because it's I mean, in, but that is kind of what they're marketing. They're marketing, hey, come visit. Come to an come yeah. Live come your live Star your Wars Star Wars adventure. That's like, what that's that is literally what their tagline. Yeah, they are. But you, at the end of the day, will still have someone who, less with Rise and more just with the land overall, because Rise you have to you know plan to get a boarding pass. But at the point when that that's no longer happens, you will have people wandering into line who have no idea what they're doing. I mean, you can have the same argument, I guess, with like Tower of Terror. 
you don't know that you're about to go on this journey that you're getting yeah. stuck in an elevator. So, I mean, I, that's a that's a problem all Disney rides have. Yeah, I think it just goes back to what we were saying of the it's a lot less engaging of experience if you are disconnected from Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I again, I think going going back to kind of our ending point with with the Galaxy Edge one of it'll be interesting to see with how both this land and this ride have changed many conventions of what theme parks do. How is this viewed in the future? Is That's this a trendsetter or is this going to be the, you know, pinnacle thing that everyone attempts to achieve and can no longer do? <laughs> I think another thing is how long can this immersion last? That's just, that's the big thing I'm worried about for the future of Galaxy's Edge. Like, I don't think it can last this long. I think within like the next five to 10 years, like the amount of immersion is going to go down. I think that there would be enough public backlash versus... to keep it. Yeah. Because, like, the same thing happened in Pandora, but Pandora was like a, uh, they stopped doing it, but like people weren't mad. Like, if they were. Yeah. Like, because inherently Pandora still maintains itself without, you know, all of Trying. the. Yeah, without, without all of the cast members only speaking in Navi phrases. Like, if you. If you have, because Pandora is ultimately still a bunch of humans from Earth doing human things on a different place, it it still works. Like if Galaxy's Edge and Rise lose that amount of like you know into, into it, of, yeah, as lose that amount of getting into character, it will inherently hinder the experience to a point where I think guest feedback would dramatically, uh, you know, turn for the worse. And I guess that goes back to the whole budget thing. Like, how much can they keep paying these cast members? Because let's be, they're definitely getting paid more than your average cast member. There are. Yeah. I, I, and th- like, I think to maintain they anything, they need to not try and stick Galaxy's Edge into a category with other things. I think it needs to be viewed in and of itself. I still love Rise. That's not changing. <laughs> I still want to ride it. <laughs> Hopefully that will change at some point. <laughs> I still, I, Star Wars aside, I still think is the most amazing attraction Disney probably will make for the next fifty years. I think it's. I don't know about. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I, I would argue before the next generation of Imagineers have to come in and take with, over before the next. With, thing, thing yeah, happens. with COVID yeah. and all, you know. I would say I, I would say five to ten as a as a like hopeful estimate. Rise is the last F ticket. <laughs> F ticket. Hmm. F ticket. After I've, E. Oh, after E. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna take another I, huge IP. I think the next thing is gonna have to be Disney strikes a deal with Universal to get the Marvel IPs in Florida. That's gonna be the next one. And they're no, gonna they they're not gonna do that though, because they already have Avengers Campus. Avengers they're Campus. Not... But what IP is gonna be so big Okay that but I would argue, why why would you not want to put Avengers Campus in Florida if you put Galaxy's Edge on both coasts as well? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying is they're not going to, if they even if they get Marvel, they're not going to put in something different in Florida that's not in No, but are you say, we still yes. don't, we still well, we don't, don't know, know a lot Avengers about is. the Avengers. We don't know a lot about the Avengers e-ticket, and they seem to be chasing a very similar goal to Rise. Yeah. So the mm, the Avengers 
Hate to burst your bubble, but the Avengers E ticket is probably canceled. Probably, really? yeah. I mean, I expected, um, <laughs> I expected like on hiatus for a long period of time, but like that's like a that, that it is hasn't like, even broke ground. Well, yeah, I, I was, I'm thinking like that's it, a, it, it like, was phase two, and you know, I, I don't see it happening at all. It's gonna be a while before they can top rise. It's, it's an. If I they hate, do, it won't be for a while. It's it, honestly like I hate to say, it's gonna be when our generation is in charge of WDI or Universal Creative. Yeah, when they I actually, agree. It's Woo. it's gonna I be mean, when we're, nor, when we're, normally I would have said earlier, but you know, no. because of COVID, it's gonna take yeah. a solid Eric five what I'm years to recover. Now our problem to solve. <laughs> you know what yeah. it is? It's when we're the Tony Baxters of Disney and the Joe Rodies. It's well, that's when it's gonna happen again. All right. Well, I guess I gotta go start working at an ice cream cart at Disneyland then. If I'm following. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but I mean, I I think even regardless of COVID, they set the bar so high. Oh, they did. Well, this was I I think in all honesty, this was we see what you did with with Harry Potter. Take this. The balls in your court now, Universal. It is a it is a big middle finger to oh, Universal. Is. That's what because this is. Because I remember when Harry Potter came out, and they're like, "What's Disney gonna do about this?" And like, to be honest, if I was Universal, I wouldn't know. Spawn, like, I mean, you wasn't Harry Potter supposed to be in Fantasyland originally? Uh, but I Dis- don't. But J.K. Rowling did not have enough creative influence. Uh, there was a. I know Disney was initially in talks to take Harry Potter. I don't know where the plan to put it was, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speculating. I, but I know Disney Disney actually, I think, ended up either turning it down or giving up the license because of creative difference. But Yeah, I think J.K. Rowling was just not happy with yeah. them is what happened. They were first in talks for it before Universal. Though. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think it's either one of two things happens, it, and it's either you somehow find another thing that, that seconds rise... Or you just turn studios into a larger Star Wars park and expand that. Well, also, studios just has the problem of they have land that they're not using. I mean, you can argue that for the entirety of Disney World, which is a well, is, is, they're only like what thirty percent developed something. Yeah, they're also like not. That. They're not allowed to go beyond that. That's why they keep buying. Yeah. Uh, buying uh, what do you call it? Conservation land south of Orlando. I mean, I, I hope they don't develop. I, I'm glad they don't develop the whole thing. It's very pretty down there. It is. Well, it's also actually a very interesting. This is going into like a complete side tangent about like oh, Disney, completely Disney corporate stuff. But they said there's there is a like thing corporate mandates that they have to have a certain amount of undeveloped land, which is why um, they just bought a giant plot like east of Celebration that literally has nothing but like woodland, and everyone was like, "Oh, what are they building there?" And it's like nothing. Fifth it's gate, good. fifth gate, fifth gate. <laughs> every, every time they buy it, like they're not build building a. Yeah, fifth every time they buy more than soon. an acre of land, people are like fifth gate. Honestly, like, no. I think that Disney has too many parks. Yeah, I think the fifth gate happens when they top rise. No, the fifth gate will happen when another park burns down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fifth gate is going to be gal- what the galaxy's edge we wanted. I, that's what I think is going to happen. I would argue I agree. I don't think... A, because the problem is you can't just account for the stuff at Disney. You also have to account for, like, you know, like, 
Universal getting a third Epic gate. Universe is yeah, gonna like all force their hand. Yeah, like the because a lot of people do Orlando, not just Disney. So they're not only competing amongst themselves; they're competing for how much of someone's vacation can they willingly take up. And if Universal has the oh brand new theme park, you're gonna want to go to the brand new theme park, not yeah. oh these theme parks have been here since the 1990s. I mean, I I would just argue on Disney's end, from a consumer standpoint, it's a lot more marketable to do things like Galaxy's Edge and put very large scale investments into previous parks than yeah. it is to build another one. Oh, to- definitely. Wow, this is a real side tangent. We went to, to talk about an attraction <laughs> to talking about a fifth gate to talking about buying oh, land. Right. That's I mean, usually our, how it goes. Our Tower of Terror episode went on a side tangent about Jeff Goldblum for like half an hour. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. That makes sense, though. That, Because he's in Thor Ragnarok, which is like Guardians that's, of the that's, Galaxy 2.5. That's, that's how we got to that. <laughs> oh, okay. There's wow. a picture of him in, in uh, Mission Breakout. That's how we got him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of gone through. Do, do we have any other further comments about Rise? I'm just Not I'm really. waiting I'm waiting for the day somebody like jumps out of the ride vehicle. <laughs> I mean you have a seatbelt that's locked. It's not a very good seatbelt. <laughs> they have lie. they have like sensors that'll stop the ride. Yeah, I know, but Well, I think actually that would probably constitute an e-stop because I know they count telemetry data and if there's any like weird movement in the car, someone jumping out would shake the car probably enough for it to justify <laughs> yeah, no, it would stop the entire ride. Yeah, it's like, because it's right. like getting out of it. your Han- Omnimu around Haunted Mansion. Yeah, well, it, well, because it's like the same reason why, like in Indiana Jones, if the car goes backwards, it e stops. Like I think in this case, if the car randomly felt like a shake in it, it would e stop. And well, okay, I actually do have another talking point. I hate to bring another one up. No, it's fine. Uh, it's- um, so someone I don't remember who mentioned it that how Haunted Mansion kind of had the same issue. Where Disney pulled out all the stops. Is Rise gonna be like the next timeless ride like Mansion? Uh I I think that's hard to say. Does it have the potential to? Is what guys I'm asking. I think Rise is designed with the mentality of Haunted Mansion. Like I, I think from a purely ride design standpoint, it is like the spiritual successor to that. I think yeah, I think it was you, Cole, that mentioned it. That it's yeah. Well, because it's the idea of taking a bunch of a bunch of illusions and parlor tricks and putting them on nice set pieces and creating an attraction out of them. Right, because that's all Haunted Mansion is. It's just a bunch oh, of peppers. Yeah, Haunted Mansion is a bunch of 1800 stage tricks and optical illusions. That, that people they, forgot existed. Yeah, that they found in a book and then stuck an Omnimover through. I think, I don't know, Rise is just if they figure out the whole maintenance problem and they find a way to make it cheaper to operate and maintain, I think it has a bright future, but if it doesn't, it's kind of screwed. It is. And I, yeah, I, but what are they going to do though? If they can't, that's the great, that is it. Are they just going to cut capacity and have barely anyone ride it every day? Garrett, I think that's like, (laughs) I don't know if they would break even if they did that. I think that's like asking what's the meaning of life. Honestly. They're gonna they're gonna cut, that point. they're gonna cut the ride path in half and they're gonna put a really cheesy interactive thing inside of it. Cough cough <laughs> journey into your imagination. That's oh, a whole geez. other talk for another day. 
<laughs> I think that was literally that that ride is due for an episode at some point because we keep mentioning it. It's due for a redo. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not due for an episode. It's due to be just completely redone. Okay, to be fair, that ride has been due for a redo since the last refurbishment. <laughs> it's been due for a redo since they took out my Dreamfinder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so Epcot side tangent aside. What Guardians Guardians roller coasters? Did someone say that? I'm actually excited for that. I'm very excited. What if that tops rise? How do we how do we know that's not gonna top rise? Apparently there's storytelling elements in a roller coaster. Like, are you joking? Okay. If they manage to top rise with an indoor roller coaster, I I I think I'm gonna quit engineering. Because <laughs> I don't understand anything anymore then. <laughs> that's when that's when you seriously wait question. are you talking about guardians yeah. yeah oh yeah no no it's not i don't think it is oh, no, no, again, no, I, it could it totally it could yeah i don't <laughs> think anything for the next five ten years is going to but what is it going to be get cold i don't even know if reverse uh what is it called cosmic rewind i don't even know if that's gonna be a need ticket <laughs> I think I mean it's a gigantic roller coaster. I don't know it's how the longest ride. indoor roller coaster in the state of Florida. They <laughs> marketed it as a family coaster, though. But it it just because it's a family ride doesn't mean it's not an e-ticket. I guess, yeah. I mean, if Sl- if Slinky Dog Dash is an e-ticket, then I yeah. guess Airways an e-ticket. I think Disney also likes to put family coaster on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, because they, they they are. Let's be real. They're a family yeah, park now. When are, are we not, getting I, another? When are we getting another rock and roller coaster? Come on, uh, Tron. When Eisner takes over the company again, I think your closest you're getting for foreseeable future is Tron. Oh, Tron. No, Tron's a thrill ride. Yeah, Tron's I mean a watch coaster. the the Avengers e ticket for Avengers Canvas was rumored to be rock and roller coaster for the longest time. It was there was a rumor for Iron Man roller coaster. Like a weird yeah, it was Iron Man thing. Whatever, like. <laughs> Wait, so how did we get from Rise of the Resistance to Iron Man? Again, talking about what... Again. what could so are, are, we, are we good to wrap up? I think we're kind of on a tangent. <laughs> Fun side tangents aside. Um, but yeah, uh, closing thoughts. I think it's a fantastic ride. A little overrated, but technically still the best. Not my favorite. That still goes to Indy. Um, At least you have an indie. <laughs> yeah. Also, for reference, um, Josiah agrees with your sentiment because he posted today literally that statement. What? Oh, that did he statement? write it for the first time? Uh, yes, he got to... That's why he's not here. It's because he was at... Wait, what uh, did he, he say? Uh, I can tell you what exactly he said. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think Indiana Jones is a technically better ride, but Rise has that adrenaline factor in several memorable moments, allowing it to capture See, the emotion. See, I, I, Indy better. is just dinosaur, but with an Indiana Jones reskin in my mind. But that's also because... What? Yeah, no, except it's the opposite. Except it's the opposite. Except it's the opposite. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. It's the opposite, but I mean, I've only gone on dinosaur, and I hate dinosaur. But they're, they're, they're like, yeah, you should listen to our episode about why they're night and day. Yeah. And dinosaur is a terrible attraction. I'm sorry, it is. Dinosaur is using the indie space in the complete opposite way that indie does. Um, but yeah. So I mean, my my closing thoughts is it is a very technically impressive ride that I look forward to getting to ride at some point and crying through the whole thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think it will be a long time before we get something that reaches the level of immersion and technical aspects that this has. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think there's more I can say. It's still my favorite ride. It'll probably be my favorite ride till the day I die. I mean, unless, I mean, the only ride that could top it is a ride I make. That's probably what's going to come down. <laughs> really, that is probably what's going to happen. When you and I are at WDI and we get to... <laughs> like, let's be real. That's probably the only way something will top Rise for me as the huge Star Wars nerd I am. Yes, I, I can agree. I mean, that's, that's like probably my sentiment. Um, but yeah, either of you have anything you want to plug that's different from last episode? No. <laughs> no, I still didn't make that photography account I was told to make. All right, so we will uh, link Garrett's stuff in the description so you can find him. And as usual, you can follow us on Instagram at gt.tped or send us an email at tped.gt at gmail.com. Um, and for future reference, uh, because college is starting up, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus after this episode. So it might be a little bit longer than the two-week normal before you hear from us again. But uh, we will be posting again soon. And we hope you all enjoy and look forward to doing more shows.